Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, folks? It's your boy, Long Beach Joe, here again. We got a lot to cover, a lot of things to talk about. Let me tell you something. This Jets football team took a tough loss, a tough loss to the New England Patriots. We just just couldn't get it done. We couldn't find a way to close out the football game. We were up at one point, and uh, things just kind of fell apart. Horrific penalties, couldn't figure out. You know, we, we threw a crucial interception. We just continued to let the Patriots stick around in that football game. And let me tell you something. You do something like that, you're a done deal. The Pats are too good of a football team for us to, you know, allow that to happen. And we did. You know, we did. We absolutely made sure that they stuck around and, and they burned us for it. And, you know, we ended up losing this football game. But we're definitely going to cover a lot of things in that. Listen, let's go ahead and get into it. I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. <coughs> Excuse me, folks. Listen, getting into it, there's so much to cover. So, so much. This team, like I said, it was a tough loss. It was a tough watch. At one point, we were up. Everything was rolling. We were doing well. We were extremely excited. And then the inevitable happened. We just, we just kept making critical mistakes. And when you make critical mistakes, you, you're going to pay for them. You're absolutely going to pay for them, you know? I mean, Joe Flacco looked good. He had, you know, he, early in the game, he looked good. There were some bombs. He hit Perryman for a 50-yard TD. He hit Crowder for a 20-yard TD. You know, he hit Perryman for another one. It was 15 yards. Things were just going well. And then after that, Things went downhill. We got up 17 to 27, and things just couldn't keep rolling. But before we really get into that, and we're going to get into the callers in just a second. I got quite a bit of callers. We're going to get into those as well. I want to take some time to go over and talk about, you know, the Community Food Bank in New Jersey. We all know here on the Long Beach Joe Show, we give everything that we can to our local communities, and we try our best to impact them positively. So tonight we're going to have Debbie Scheinholtz come on. She's going to speak to us about the Community Food Bank, and she's going to tell us about some of the things that they're doing over there. So, Debbie, I want to welcome you to the Long Beach Joe Show tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No problem, Debbie. Uh, Again, it's great to have you on. You know, I've been working with you folks for quite some time, and you guys do excellent uh, things over there with the Community Food Bank in New Jersey. Can you give my listeners some background on the Community Food Bank and exactly what you folks do? Sure. Uh, So we uh, got our start 45 years ago in 1975, uh, and we were actually started in the in the back of our founder's station wagon. Uh, She was driving around um, the town where where she lived, Summit, New Jersey, and saw someone who looked hungry and, um, you know, gave them a sandwich. And I think it all kind of started from there. Um, We've now grown into one of the largest food banks in the country. We're a member of the Feeding America network of food banks, which are in every state in the country. Um, We operate out of two locations. One is a 285,000 square foot warehouse in Hillside. 
and the other is uh, a smaller warehouse and pantry in Egg Harbor Township in Atlantic County. So between those two sites, we serve 15 of the 21 counties in New Jersey. And uh, there's a lot of work to do right now, um, you know, with with COVID and um, the effects that it has had, both in terms of people's health and their um, their financial security. Um, we are seeing a lot more people who are food insecure. Uh, and there's actually more than a million people in New Jersey now who are food insecure. Now, again, Debbie, and everyone listening, uh, this is Debbie Scheinholz of the Community Food Bank of New Jersey. If you want to get involved, you can go to cfbnj.org and, uh, you know, read everything that they have over there. And also there's uh, spaces there where you can donate and volunteer your time, too. And, Debbie, again, it's great that you bring up everything that you folks do there. What are some of the programs that you, you have for children that may be food deficient? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we have we have quite a number of programs that specifically focus on children, and um, that's been even more important in the past several months, of course, when kids haven't been in school, um, you know, physically in school. Some of them have been doing virtual school because school mm-hmm. is where a lot of kids actually get their meals, you know, particularly when they are food insecure. So we have been doing everything we can to make sure that all of the kids who need food get it. Um, in whatever way possible. So we have three main programs that serve kids. One is the Family Pack program. Um, That has been around for more than 15 years, and it provides children and families with um, bags of non-perishable food um, that are intended to help sustain the family over the weekend. And um, those packs traditionally went home with kids from school on Fridays for the weekend. Now we are getting those packs to kids, whether they're in school or not. We're finding ways to them either at their school building outside or at some place, you know, in their town that's convenient for them to pick it up. Um, And that program is expected to serve about 2,000 kids on a regular basis this year. It's it's doubled in size. Um, Wow. yeah, it's it's really incredible, and I mean the the need is just so great. Uh, then we also have a program called Kids Cafe, and again, that's something that typically would have happened um, in person. Kids who would go to an after-school program, like at a at a YMCA or a Salvation Army, or um, you know maybe at their school, would get served a meal, like an early dinner. Um, but now, of course, those programs aren't really functioning the same way. So what we're doing is preparing meals in the food bank and then um, providing them to kids as grab-and-go meals so they can pick them up and take them home and eat them at home. Um, wow. So that's wow. another fantastic program that we have for kids. And then uh, also in the summer, we are um, you know, providing meals, breakfasts and lunches, and uh, throughout the state. And this past summer, that program, you know, again, really ramped up. Um, and we were actually able to have some of the kids eat some of their meals outside because they were eaten outside under the current, you know, restrictions. Um, but that program is actually operating really almost all year round now. And we're able to provide kids with the grab and go meals um, as they need them. Mm-hmm. And again, everyone listening, this is Debbie Scheinholz from the Community Food Bank of New Jersey. 
Again, cfbnj.org. Debbie, can you break down the Turkey Drive campaign for us as well? Sure, I would love to. So, you know, every year I think people think of us as a source for holiday turkeys. You know, we want to make sure that that people who are in need are able to have just as special of a Thanksgiving as anyone else. Um, you know, Thanksgiving is such an important holiday as it relates to food. Uh, it's all focused on food. So this year is, you know, of course, everyone's Thanksgiving is probably going to be a little different, but we're still uh, trying to provide turkeys and food for a nice Thanksgiving for everyone that we possibly can. Um, this year we're going to be providing over 24,000 turkeys, uh, 10,000 roaster chickens, and 15,000 boxes of holiday food to people in need. Um, that's about 10,000 more birds than last year. So, again, we're really wow. ramping things up, giving people, you know, difficult situations this year. Um, so some of those turkeys are, you know, donated by some of our partners. Some of them are, are purchased, of course. And then we also collect turkeys at our annual turkey drive, um, which this year will be held uh, throughout northern New Jersey next Saturday and Sunday, November 21st and 22nd. So it's that weekend before Thanksgiving um, at nearly 40 supermarkets, churches, and other sites uh, around the state. Uh, so uh, our staff, and we have a lot of volunteers, are out at all of these sites um, that, you know, some of them are supermarkets, churches, et cetera, like I said. And people can, you know, if it's at a supermarket, someone maybe goes in and shops, they might pick up an extra turkey or some extra food, drop it in our bin, um, or p maybe provide some funds to us so that we can purchase more food. Uh, we have a list on our website of most wanted foods, and we also have a list on our website of where all these turkey drive locations are. Uh, and we're, this year, we're also going to be making everything very con contactless, so it'll be very safe for people. They can just drop their food into a shopping cart. They don't have to, you know, touch anyone or come in close contact. All of our volunteers will be wearing masks, gloves, et cetera. So we're, we're very aware of, of, you know, some of the safety measures that people are concerned about. We certainly follow them, you know, strictly. Wow. Look, Debbie, let me tell you, when you started to talk about the amount of turkeys and everything that you folks are going to give out, and like you said, the numbers have come up as well, that was phenomenal. I mean, to talk about giving yeah. people 10,000, I mean, I know. I'm just... I am, I'm blown away. I'm like, wow. That's yeah. So, that, but that's, it's amazing. It's really amazing to see people, you know, really help is. and, you know, yeah, to make sure that people get what they need because, and, and this is one of the reasons why, again, I love uh, speaking to you folks and having you come on. And the reason why I push, you know, the community food, food bank in New Jersey so hard is because a lot of people just don't understand that there's so much need out there. There's a lot of people that are extremely food yeah. insecure. And again, it, it's not that's just right. people that are, you know, homeless or anything like that. There's a lot of people, you know, living check to check that are really scrubbing by right now and they need help. That's right. Yeah. And this yeah. year, especially, I mean, we found that when we've been doing some of our um, large food distribution events, you may have seen these, you know, on TV or what have you, where we're putting boxes of food in the trunk of people's cars and so on. 
I mean, we, we're seeing people, a lot of people, as a matter of fact, the statistics are about four in 10 people who have gone to a food bank this year have gone for the first time. So it's a lot of people who have never had an issue with food until now. Yeah. Um, and the current situation is just so difficult for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely is. And Debbie, listen, I want to thank you for coming on. It was phenomenal to speak with you. My last question for you is, how can my listeners get involved with volunteering or donating to the food bank? What exactly can they do and how can they give? Yes, there are a lot of ways to give. I mean, basically, you know, we we need funds. Um, funds really allow us to purchase the food that we need and to, you know, to keep our our operation going. Um, we also welcome food donations. And then, of course, people can donate their time as volunteers. And I would say the easiest way to do any of those things is just to go to our website, which, as you mentioned, is cfbnj.org. And um, there's a tab at the top that says Get Involved. And you can see how to give food, give funds, or to volunteer. All of that can be done right on our website. And you can also see um, the sites for the Turkey Drive next weekend. Well, again, Debbie, I want to thank you for coming on. It was great to speak with you. Um, thank you again for everything that you do with the Community Food Bank of New Jersey. Now, I want you to have a good night. Thank you, and thank you for all you do for us as well. We really appreciate it. No problem, no problem. All right, you have a okay. good night, Debbie. Thanks, you too. Bye-bye. Again, that was Debbie Scheinholtz of the Community Food Bank of New Jersey. Everyone, if you can, please get involved. You can go to CF, as in food, BJN.org, and get involved in any way you can. Community Food Bank of New Jersey, they do a phenomenal job. Um, you know, again, we, we just spoke about all that they do for the community, helping people, you know, with everything that's going on. There's a lot of people out here, you know, especially with Thanksgiving coming up, that are really looking for their next meal. And again, it's not just people, you know, they're homeless. There's a lot of people out here struggling. You know, a lot of people live in check to check, a lot of people that are that are food insufficient. So please, everyone, get involved. CFBNJ.org. Get involved any way you can there, whether it be volunteering your time or donating, you know, a couple dollars here or there. Everything is appreciated. So now that that's said, folks, we're going to get back into talking about the New York Jets. <laughs> You know, this situation with this football team, it's tough. It's really, really tough. And uh, we're coming off of a loss to the Patriots that hurt really bad. I know I got a couple, actually a lot of callers on the line. I'm going to get to every single one of you. Please be patient. Uh, We're going to get there. Again, 515-602-9639. I'll be coming to everybody. Everybody will get their time. Uh, So, you know, we lost to the Patriots 30-27. to Uh, everything was going well. Things were rolling. We got up 17 to 27, and things just started to fall apart. There was a critical penalty, too many players on the field, you know, on a fourth and five that allowed the pass to continue down. They only hit a field goal from there. Then Flacco throws the interception, <laughs> throws a deep pass or an interception. There were other players that were open on that play, but he just could not hit them. The Pats ended up scoring a TD on that. And we come back. You know, we have a chance to continue to push forward, and we just couldn't get it done. Critical, you know, play calling and critical uh, times just fell apart again. Flacco took a bad sack. That pushed us back. We punt the ball, and, you know, the Patriots, in Patriot fashion, in true Patriot fashion, 
find a way. They get a game-winning drive yet again, get down, get themselves in field goal position, they kick a field goal, we're done. You know, the Jets, we're just in a tough spot, man. We're in a really tough spot right now. I, you know, I know a lot of fans don't mind losing games, but I, I want to see us at least win a game this year, at least a game. I know there were a lot of people screaming, hey, we don't care. We can lose every game this year. I don't want to see that. I don't. I want to see us compete hard, fight hard, and at least win one game. I don't want to see us go for an over. I don't want to see that. And I, I thought that we really had a chance in this football game to get ourselves the first win of the season, and we just we couldn't do it, man. We just we could not do it. Too many critical mistakes. I tell you, man, if there's a player that needs to go as soon as possible, it's Pierre Desir. I am so tired of that guy. That guy, that guy's got to go. His effort and everything that he displayed against the Patriots was horrific. He must go. At the end of the season, I don't want to ever see that guy on this roster ever again. He needs to be gone. The things that I saw when he gave up that touchdown, he's jogging behind a guy that's taken off away from him. It's like, come on, man. Come on. It's tough. It's really tough being a Jets fan right now. But we'll discuss the Patriots' loss. We'll also talk about, you know, we're going into the bye week. You know, we got a bye coming up. I want to get your thoughts on, everyone's thoughts on, hey, where does the team stand now? What is the state of New York Jets? How can we move forward? You know, there's so much to talk about. Even though, again, we lost to the Patriots, there were still some standout things from that game that I think that we can build upon going forward in this season. And one of them, I think, is the play of a lot of the players, a lot of the young players especially. Mims, I thought, played well. Lange is a guy, you know, that we – Harvey Lange is a guy that's coming on and we're, you know, should be excited about because he was flying around making a ton of plays. Um, I thought Ashton Davis had a lot of good plays. Fadukasi, you know, showed up. He played well. Um, Sergio Castillo is even kicking well. You know, Ficken, everybody's just kind of ringing him in as the guy that's going to start when he comes back. Hey, listen, Sergio's putting it together out there. He's kicking very well. I think he's like six for seven on the season. And I think the only field goal that he's missed is one that was blocked. So he's done well. He's kicked some 50 yarders as well, too. So, you know, and Perryman also had a good game as well. Uh, You know, some TDs, he had over 100 yards, so. Excited about those things, man. But the Jets, we've got to play a complete game. We've got to find a way to put things together and get ourselves a W, man. we got to. So I'm going to go to the callers now. Again, everyone in the chat as well, my savages in the chat, please keep, you know what I'm saying, typing and going off, going back and forth with you folks too during the, uh, during the show. If this is your first time listening to me um, on whatever platform you listen to me on, not only am I, you know, just on the radio here on Blog Talk talking, I'm also live streaming as well on multiple platforms. So I like to talk to my savages in the chat. That's what I call my chat, the savages, because uh, they're savage. <laughs> Point blank, period. You know what I'm saying? They get after it. So I'm going to get to my first caller here. Elias, we're going to come to you, my friend. And I want to talk to you about, you know, what the Jets have going on. I want to get your thoughts on this Jets loss to the Patriots and how you felt about it. Hey, Jay, how you doing, man? What's going on, man? How are you feeling about this Jets loss to the Patriots? 20, uh, excuse me, 30 to 27, you know, what, do, what were your thoughts about the deep shots that we took and kind of how aggressive we were early in the game? Uh, I was honestly really satisfied with the outcome. The only thing that really bummed me out was to see Flacco's all success. And, like, I'm just kind of annoyed that we opened it up, let him go deep with, uh, like, let him take some deep shots on the field. Maybe it's because Sam's hurt. I don't know. Maybe because, mm-hmm. like, Perryman's been playing with Sam, and, 
But the thing that we got was a competitive game, but still a loss with young guys showing a lot of flashes. That and building, block, you know, young building blocks showing a lot of good signs. I feel like that's what we need. Like I'm cool to win to win more to win a game as long as Jacksonville wins another game. Like yeah, like I don't want to be a team that goes um that goes like zero and sixteen because that's like in the history books. But man, us Jets fans, we need to we need to be rooting for Jacksonville, man. Duval. We we gotta hope they win some games and go Jets. Oh, well, you I know, guess. yeah, you know. First off, a Again, I want to thank you for calling in. Look, I understand that some people are on like this. You know, the the plan for the tank. They, you know, they're going off about it. A lot of people are thinking, hey, we got a tank. We got to lose as many games. I want to see us be competitive as well, but I want to see us win some games too. I, I I don't mind us, you know, winning three, four games, even if that takes us out of the number one pick. I know people are gonna you know, try to kill me for that. But I want to see this team fight. And if we end up winning a couple games down the stretch because we're out there putting it together, I don't really have a problem with that. I really don't. Um, because, again, yeah, but Joe, if we, I, win, I think for, if we win four what? games the last four games, if we win the last four games of the season, Gase is coming back. That's what I'm worried about. No, no. Is that what everybody thinks? Is that seriously what everybody – listen. But also, at the same time, here's how I feel too. The way the election went with Woody coming back to the Jets, he's – his, he's got a huge ego, and he's going. He's going to want to be the Jets' savior, so he's going to want to please the fans, and he's going to fire Gase. I think that's what happened. If Chris was still mm-hmm. in charge and we won four games at the end, I honestly think he would be back. Here's, here's the thing: is I, I, I don't think, I don't think that there's any way that Adam Gase comes back. I don't. I don't give a damn if we win five games down the stretch. The, the simple fact of everything that we've seen. Everything, the the complete just nonsense, the dysfunction, the fact that he's not even the offensive play caller anymore, that should tell you right there. He has no business being here, yeah. point blank period. I don't think there's anything that can save him except for Chris Johnson's idiocy. Now, that's the only thing that yep. will keep him here is if Chris Johnson is just like, well, I'm just going to be stupid like I was when I hired him, and we're going to keep him around. But there's there's no amount of games that can save him at all. And I, and I understand, you know, some Jets fans may think that. But there's no way. Us, that's, that's why, you know, I know a lot of people have, have mixed things where some want to lose just a tank and some want to lose just a, hey, get, get Gaze out of here. It's like Gaze is gone regardless. He should be gone regardless. There should be nothing that could save him at all at this point, you know. So that, that's my thoughts on that. But I also want to get your thoughts on this too, though, Elias, is what were your thoughts about the, criti- the, pe- the penalties in critical moments? Because we've seen that throughout this year from this team where there are spots where we can get a, a team off the field or we can, we, we're doing some good things offensively, and then we find ourselves getting into penalties, whether it be a pass interference or roughing the passer, which extends you know, a defensive player, or a holding call that you know, kind of negates some, a positive play that we've had as well. What were your thoughts about the critical penalty on that fourth and five in that moment against the Patriots? Yeah, the, the too many men on the field is hilarious, in my opinion. That's just like the yeah. most – you can't outlive the Jets, man, honestly. But that, that rough in the pasture penalty on Ashton Davis, I, I didn't think that was too egregious. He, he laid a good hit on Cam, but, you know, you got to yep. – that's the modern NFL. You can't breathe on a quarterback. You can't – a corner can't breathe on a receiver anymore, which kind of sucks. But, um, yeah, no, I was really happy with Ashton Davis because if he can – like, I kind of like the idea. It plays well, like, kind of in the Jamal role, like, in the box, blitzing, also decent in coverage, which uh, Jamal sure hasn't been this year. But, uh, um, and, uh, and you have Marcus May, um, 
in, like I like him in coverage. Like he had that great game against Buffalo. If you, I think you could extend Made this offseason because you don't really have anyone else to pay besides like mm-hmm. paying Mosley a lot of money. But you know, you got you pay you extend Marcus May. I don't think he's going to require that much money. You can have him be free, be the free safety, Ashton Davis be the strong safety, and I I think that's really cool. And also. A guy I'm really looking forward to the future is um, Paul Aronzo Fadakasi. I hope I'm saying it right. Um, he's mm-hmm. like the, the best run defender like in PSF grades, I think. Something wild like that. Which, like, you need that big nose tackle who's going to stop the run like that. Like, we just need to get some good pass rushing ability around him. And then you have yeah. Quinton Williams. And I actually like, I like John Franklin Myers a bit, too. That's not a bad def- defensive line. Like, this game, I, I enjoyed the game because we were competitive and we saw a lot of young guys flashing. Man, Mims, I'm really excited. I didn't know he had that kind of run-after-the-catch ability like that. And um, who else? Uh, man, he's good. Uh, P. Ryan, of course, Frank Gore got all the carries yet again. But um, mm-hmm. I think he'll be our he'll be our RB2 of the future. But, um, you, you know, as much as we want P. Ryan to get all the carries, we know it's not going to happen at this point unless – or gets like cut or something. Yeah. How impressed were you with Harvey Langley? Because I was looking at him, dude, he was flying around just absolutely, you know, laying the lumber. I was I was really impressed with his play in this game as well. He was fast, moved around and made some plays out there. Yeah, Langley played real well. Um like which he's he's inside linebacker. He kinda of does both, right? Both like inside and outside mm-hmm. linebacker. Yeah, he's, like, he's been moved around this season. Yeah. He had a real good game. Like it's good because before the season we thought our corner or sorry our inside linebacker depth was really good, and it kind of has everyone's kind of gone now with Mosley opting out, Avery's gone, you know Hewitt, Cashman can't stay healthy. So it's good to have another good body in that room for sure. And he, he had quite a game. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, now we can you know talk about the going into the bye week with the Jets, the way that they're looking right now so far in this season. What player has disappointed disappointed you the most offensively for the New York Jets? Oh, uh, there's two. So, Connor McGovern, because he was kind of supposed to be like mm. a, he was like a top ten center last year. But man, Chris yep. Herndon and Ryan Griffin, both of them tied probably because Chris Herndon mm. had a pretty good rookie year and then just didn't play last year. And Ryan Griffin, I thought played a, had a real good year last year, and, and he got a contract extension. So definitely those two guys on the offensive side of the ball. Like maybe you can say Sam Darnold, but I like it sucks. But like I don't blame it all on him. But it's still mm-hmm. it's he's definitely who I'm most disappointed in just from a performance aspect. I just not per, you know what I'm saying like I'm disappointed with how he's played, but not the player himself. You know like and then yeah. on the defensive side, uh, like Pierre Desir, but he wasn't going to be here in the long run. Um, maybe. Uh, Jordan Jenkins, for sure, actually. Yeah, he's been invisible. Wow. Wow. Okay. I mean, those are a couple guys. Where's your assessment of Quentin Williams so far? Though I know he missed a game uh, with this injury, but, you know, this season he's – a lot of fans feel like he's had an impact. There's a couple fans that doesn't feel like he's done enough. What are your thoughts about him so far and going forward in the season as well? Is he a guy that you look at and say, hey, he needs to step up, he needs to continue on? or do, how, What are you feeling about him? I, I like Quinn a lot. I think he's had a really good year. I thought I think he had a really good, he had a real good game against Kansas City. He had, he's had a, San Francisco had a real good game. I don't know if he's really third overall pick good yet. So hopefully he reaches mm. that ceiling. But if he can, if he can consistently get pressure on the quarterback, 
and we can get that big outside linebacker flex defensive end to rush the passer, like that's a pretty lethal combination. Mm. Yeah. Who do, what do you feel is the strongest position group on the football team at this point? Um, probably interior defensive line. Yeah. yeah. That's probably, yeah. Just, um, yeah. Th- we have good depth there too. So, and even without like McClendon and then we have to have some good building blocks for the future too in that position. So I'd say interior defensive line, which we should when you drop nothing but interior defensive linemen, but, uh, yeah, whatever. But, um, yeah, definitely interior defensive line. Yeah, yeah. And my final question for you is, what player on defense has disappointed you the most so far? Yeah, I said earlier, uh, Jordan Jenkins. Oh, is Jordan, is Jordan Jenkins? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Jordan Jenkins is. So what What about Pierre Desir? You're not more disappointed in Pierre Desir than anybody else? Or for you, is it just well, strictly Jordan? That's it. Go ahead. Yeah, Pierre Desir is terrible, but he wasn't. He was just a stopgap piece. He wasn't supposed to be here next year. I thought Jordan Jenkins he was brought back and could p- potentially get like a three-year contract, could potentially be mm-hmm. a decent building block for the future, and he just hasn't showed that. I didn't think Pierre yeah. Desir was going to be this bad, but obviously, like if you're relying on a on a guy who just got cut to be a corner, uh, you know, CB one, like I I didn't expect him to be this bad, but I didn't expect him to be anything amazing, but. Yeah, I'd definitely yeah. say Jordan Jenkins, which you can't really count yeah. like Mosley or anything because he hasn't he hasn't played like he opted out. And then also McDougal, he was he's been really disappointed too. Mm, mm. Who do you feel like has the most to prove with uh, seven weeks left in the season? On offense or defense? On the team, period. Sam Darnold, to be honest, because as much mm. as we love him, he's he's close to getting replaced. So. He's got to prove. I th- I think even if, you know, I think it's going to take him to get us some wins to get us out of that draft position at this point. But um, yeah, I I hope he's the future. So we I have to win. Hold on a second. So so you're telling me we have to? He has to win us games. What if he What if he goes out there is extremely competent, is competitive, but we lose games? Is is that still good, or does he have to equal wins to get us out of you know having that first pick for us to for in your mind for us to end up keeping him and moving forward with him? Well, that's not how I feel. I just feel that I just think that's how the organization feels. Like I feel like that's the logic for the majority of the fan base, at least too. Maybe not just wins like really competitive games, him playing really well. I think that's what it'll mm-hmm. take. But at this point, like he's hasn't played a full year yet. It's just like. I feel like the team's done with him. I, as much as, you know, it's it's pretty de- divisive with the fan base. I know you're a huge fan guy. You you want to move, uh, you want to move forward with him. Most of the guys are, you know, mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence guys, which I'm I'm cool with whatever whatever Joe Douglas wants, as long as it's not what the owners want or their mm-hmm. say or something. Wh- whatever the next head coach wants, who should be hired by Joe Douglas. That's kind of how I feel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, I am a big Sam guy. I mean, I, I just think that we have not done enough. I know people are down on him, and I, 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 I do as well believe that he, you know, he has to prove some things. He's got to continue to, when he comes back, to play solidly. He's got to show us that he can, you know, be the guy moving forward. Of course, if he comes back and throws, you know, 20 interceptions, <laughs> people are definitely yeah. going to be like, oh, you know, we definitely should move on from him. But if he comes back and he looks solid and he's able to play well, uh, you know, within the system or, you know, whatever it is the gays got going on out there with Loggins now, um, and, and just continue to show flashes and continue to show us that he has that talent, 
you know, it, it's hard for me to look past him, especially when the, the, the opportunity to truly build this football team correctly with the option of trading down is right there. You know, especially when you have the guy, the centerpiece yeah, there at QB that you feel like, yeah, that you, that you feel like hasn't got the chance. So that's why, but Elias, listen, it was great speaking to you, man. And I got to keep going to these callers. The rest of these callers are getting them in, man. It was great speaking to you. Have a good night, man. Yeah, you too, man. All right, you have a good one. Whew, Elias calling in with a great call, you know. A, a lot of fire, a lot of takes to be shared. Again, 515-602-9639, 515-602-9639. Call in. The lines are open. We've got quite a bit of callers on. I'm going to keep going to the callers in just a second, but I got to get to the savages in the chat, all right, because they are going crazy in the chat right now. They are going completely crazy, okay? Kyron Rayo, yo, salute to you, my man. Good to see you up in here. Uh, Kyron says, Gaze officially lost his job last Sunday. Wow. He says, for the conspiracy conspiracy theorists, too many men on the field was a boyer keeping his job next season. Chiron went straight to the conspiracies right after he made sure he let everybody know that Adam Gaze is a goner. You know what I mean? No, I understand that some think that Adam Gaze somehow is going to weasel his way back in here with a win or two wins or something like that. Unless Christopher Johnson is completely out of his cabeza. Okay. Unless he's completely gone upstairs, there is no reason that Adam Gaze should be able to slither back in the door at all. This guy should be gone. He should be gone, point blank, period, end of discussion. There's just nothing to talk about there. He should be gone. The guy has shown you time and time and time again that he is not ready to, you know, do what you need him to do as a head coach. He's not fit to be a head coach in this league. He's not fit to be a head coach here. He's not fit to, you know, hand your, you know, franchise quarterback over to. He has no business being around, point blank, period. Bill's fan 1970 says gaze is not coming back. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. That's a fact. That's a fact, you know, <laughs> that's an absolute fact. So salute to everybody in the chat. Salute to Chiron. It's good to see you in here as well. My friend, uh, we're going to continue back with the calls though. Again, if you want to call in, it is 515-602-9639. Again, 515-602-9639. Call in, talk to me, you know, about the New York jets. Let me know how you folks feel about, uh, you know, this this team right now, especially this loss to the Patriots. So we're going to get back to the calls again. I'm going to have my guy. It looks like Steve. Looks like Steve is calling in, and he's calling. He, Steve, I want you to talk to us about how you felt about watching the Jets lose to the Patriots 30-27. to 27. Well, first of all, how are you doing tonight, Mr. Joe? I'm all right, Steve. You know, I'm doing all right. It was tough, you know, after this loss, but I, I picked myself up off the floor and – you know, I'm sitting here talking to Jets fans, you know, fellow fans, and, and we're chopping it up, man. So how are you feeling tonight first? No, first off, I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right, man. So here was so – so let's get to the fact of this game. So obviously we ended up losing a very tough 30-27 to game, Monday night loss at home to the Patriots. Here were, yeah. you know, here were my thoughts about the game. You know, for the first time this season – I did finally feel like that the Jets did finally compete in a very, very good game. You know, they finally they finally played competitive for the first time, I think, all season. I mean, this is probably one of the closest games that they've had. Um, but, th- but now there are some things, you know, that unfortunately we, we just couldn't finish the job. 
I mean, I was a little bummed out after the game, but you know what? I wasn't too angry as I've been after games, you know, that we played in that, you know, that ooh, obviously we get killed. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe we, we embarrassed ourselves again. But the first time we, we did it, we, we finally competed in the game. So now here are some high points about the, about the game I'll talk about. I thought Joe Flacco played very well last night. The only thing about his big mistake he had was that late interception he threw down the field mm-hmm. to Denzel Mims. Listen, I understand Flacco wanted to be aggressive, and I totally give him the credit for being aggressive, but he should have passed the ball to Ryan Griffin. I mean, if you watch the highlight of yep. that play, Ryan Griffin was wide open on the so- near the sideline. He catches that ball, yep. he gets at least another 25 to 30 yards on that run. If, if that play did happen to Griffin, I would have tell, tell you something. We would have at least taken some time off the clock and maybe have kicked the field goal to give more tougher pressure to the Patriots. But now going into, the, into other good things about the game, I got to tell you, I, I got to tell you, Denzel Mims, I think, is going to be a future star for the future. You know, he's a big, mm. wide receiver. He can run. I thought Denzel Mims played phenomenal. Brashard Perriman surprisingly, I thought the end of the world was going to happen after he caught the 50-yard touchdown pass, okay? Um, listen, Perriman, Perriman on Monday night played his best game as a Jet. If he's going to be a future player for us because he only signed a one-year deal, he's got to have games mm-hmm. like that. Um, Crowder was, was pretty good. He and Harvey Lang, Lange, I, I can't say his last name right, but he, I thought he played good. Yeah. The only thing he's got to work on is getting the quarterback on the ground. I know Cam Newton is a big dude, but you got to get him on the ground. But and Ashton Davis, I was impressed with him too. But uh, unfortunately, on that on that sack play that he did make on that sack play, Joe, I know everyone, including you, said it was a clean hit. I'm really sorry to tell you, man, it wasn't a clean hit, and the reason why was Steve, that was a clean hit. hit. No, but Joe, listen. But no matter what, clean hit or not. You can't hit a quarterback head-on-to-head. Unfortunately, now what's happening in the NFL today is the referees have to make sure the quarterback is is perfectly in good condition because obviously – Listen, hold on, Steve. Hold on. Hold on a second there, Steve. Listen, first off, again, I want to thank you for calling in. I hear what you're saying, Steve, but that's not what happened. What happened was this. Ashton Davis came in and made a perfect form tackle. He did not – hit Cam Newton in the head. He did hit Cam Newton in the chest with his helmet. He did. It was a form tackle. I'm telling you, Steve, go back and look at that play. He hit Cam Newton square in the chest with his helmet and drove through him like a, like as you should in a form tackle and brought him down. I don't understand why. I, look, I, I get it. It's a bang, bang play. But then to sit back and try to defend the call and say, yes, that was rough in the passer. No, it was not. It's not a penalty. It's not, a, it's not helmet to helmet. It, it's none of those things. What is he supposed to do? I understand we protect quarterbacks in this league, right? I get it. I get it. But what is he supposed to do as a defensive player? Was he supposed to stop Cam, tap him on the shoulder and say, hey, buddy, I'm about to hit you. Make sure that you curl up correctly so that you don't feel the brunt of the force that I'm about to bring to you, all right? Okay, here we go. <laughs> and then tackle him? Is that what he's supposed to do, Steve? How well, else is okay. he supposed to play football? Cam well, Newton okay. is a giant compared to a lot of these guys out here. We've seen him just shrug guys off in the past. 
We've seen it. We've seen him do these things. So he's got no, to no, do what he can to bring it to a guy, man. He's got to. No, no, listen. I mean, okay, here is the thing, though. I- I'll look at the replay again. I'll see what Look what at it. it see really what I'm I- I'll look at it again, Joe. Joe, I'll get back to you tomorrow morning, and I'll tell you about the play, okay? Uh, I'll tell you about it on <laughs> Twitter. But anyway, <laughs> okay. But, but you know something? But besides when that penalty happened, I thought Ashton Davis, I got to tell you something. He 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 was he is showing some of the promise now from his draft day. I mean, listen. Now now the thing is though, I mean, there are some things he still needs to work on, but he could definitely be a nice future and hopefully him and Marcus May could be a future. But now we have to go to the one big negative about that game. The biggest negative about that game was a couple of things. Number one, the Jets were not getting any pressure on Cam Newton. They were making Cam Newton feel comfortable. And, and the thing was, was, what kept the Patriots in that game was Cam Newton. Newton was the reason why, why the Patriots were keeping them in that game. And the Patriots had a really, really good running game in that game against us. And they even yeah, had they a very a good game. And, and, and their offensive line played extremely well, too. And even that one got unknown receiver named Jacoby Myers, I think he had 169 yards catching. I mean, he was the he was the Patriots' best receiver. Honestly, he was having the kind of game that that Julian Edelman would have for them when back in the days. But now, the biggest disappointment of that game was that garbage cornerback, that garbage <laughs> cornerback in Pierre Desir. Pierre Desir has looked awful the whole entire season. I don't understand why Greg Williams did not put him on the bench at some point during the game. I was saying to myself, why is Sazir still out there? Like, all right, now listen, Mm -hmm. Bryce Hall did get a chance. And listen, Bryce Hall I thought did okay, but he is a rookie and he does got to get some – and he's got got a few things to learn. I mean, listen, unfortunately – we just couldn't. We just couldn't get the job done. Unfortunately, it ended up being a heartbreaking loss at the end. So, I mean, now we got to see what's going to happen going forward. I mean, luckily this week we don't have to worry about the Jets this weekend because we got the bye, bye, and hopefully by next week Darnold will be back. So, yeah, 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 and you know I agree with quite a bit of your assessment, Steve. I mean, there were some things that I was excited about though, even though it was a tough loss. Mims, the way that he played, I mean, this kid continues to show up. Like, he continues to look like he could really be a building block for the future. Um, And, again, I don't want to get ahead of myself or get ahead, you know, and start trying to put him in the Hall of Fame or anything like that. That's not what I'm doing. But I am saying that I've been very impressed with him and his, you know, just the thing he's done, the plays that he's made, the way that he, you know, is able to maneuver within the offense. So I like what he did. Also like uh, you know Harvey Langley as well. Um, him moving around, uh, you know, absolutely just laying guys out, making big hits out there. Padukasi is a guy that I thought looked really good as well. Um, and you talked about Ashton Davis too. I was excited about him as well. Um, some of the plays that he made. I, I'll keep saying I don't think that 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 hit was a penalty. I'm gonna keep saying that because <laughs> I don't think it was. All right, no, no, you no, know, Joe, listen, Joe. Okay, listen, you know, and I, and I'm, I'm just say saying to you again. I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna look at the replay again. I'll look at the replay and I, and I'll let okay. you know if that if that was a pe- if that should have been a penalty or not. 
The only thing I yeah. saw from that play was that when Newton's helmet was, was being tilted a little bit on that play. But the thing yeah, that's is, what happens when you get rocked. But no matter what, Joe, on those kind of plays that are going to happen, on those kind of plays, the biggest thing is the referees are always going to throw the flag because they don't want they want the quarterback to be protected. <sighs> Look, and, and I get that. But if you're just going to throw a flag just to throw a flag, then what, what are we doing? Are we playing flag football? I mean, is this the NFL? No, I, I know. Or, or what is Listen, this? Joe, you know? Joe, I right, don't right, come on. to be honest this year. Joe, I it? have to be very honest with you. What are we year. doing? There have been at times, not only in Jet games, but if you've watched other games before this year in the NFL, there have been so many times where these referees have been off with their calls. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, and I, again, that's that, that to play, me. The, the mm-hmm. one big play back in week four when we played the Broncos Thursday night football back in late September, early October, that, 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 that play when Darnold got thrown to the ground, now that's a roughing the passer penalty. Yeah, and they didn't call it. They didn't call it. When, yeah, when, and they I'll didn't tell you what, call when, it. When Darnold got picked up and slammed into the ground, that's not a roughing the passer. But Ashton Davis hits the guy square and runs through him, and that's a rough in the pass, or that's a that's a penalty. That like this is it's insane. I, you know, I'm just saying. But it, to keep it moving though, Steve, I want to talk to you mm-hmm. about the it, how offensively aggressive we were. There was a lot of deep shots taken in this football game by Joe Flacco. Were you surprised how much you know? It looks like Daryl Loggins kind of opened up the playbook and allowed Flacco to kind of chuck the football down the field because we haven't really seen that. You know, when Sam's been playing at all. Yeah, it's just I was very surprised that Daryl Loggins was letting Joe Flacco do that when he was letting him do that. But but the thing is, I remember some people were saying on Twitter, when Sam does come back from his injury, and hopefully he'll be back after when we come back from the bye week when we go to L.A. to play the Chargers, a lot of people are saying that that is what Sam needs to do. But here was the mm-hmm. other thing, Joe, that I found that was so disgusting – from other Jet fans on the game uh, during the Monday night game. There were Uh-oh. fans talking about how they don't really care about this game. They want to lose. <laughs> Jet fans were yeah. actually rooting for the Patriots to win. And this is the thing that yes. Jet fans were actually saying in this game. They were all predicting that Bill Belichick was going to coach this game badly on purpose. So not only to give the Jets their first win, but to have the Patriots get a little bit further up going into the draft for next year. It's just, honestly, listen, I understand where you Jeff fans are coming from. I understand that we want to lose so we can, as of right now, get the number one pick. But let me tell you something, though. You just can't go out there and watch your team and root for them to lose. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. Listen, I can't do that either. I, I, I wouldn't want my team to freaking lose. I mean, listen, yes, as of right now, if the season would end today, we would have the number one pick. But then, listen, the thing is right now, and the one thing, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, Jet fans, when Joe Douglas had that press conference, I watched it, you watched it, Long Beach Joe, other Jet fans Mm -hmm. watched it. The thing that Joe Douglas is focusing on right now is going to be getting through these next seven games coming up. It's not time to talk about the offseason. Yes, we do have a future coming up. I believe we have a strong future coming up. And listen, we're not going anywhere this year. We're not going to the playoffs. I get it. 
but you just can't go out there and say, oh, I want my team to lose. Let's tank for Trevor. Let's tank for Justin Fields. Like, you can't do that right now. If, you, if Joe Douglas still believes that Sam is the future for this team by the time when draft happens, then what you do is if you have the first number one pick and or the second number two pick, and if there are teams that are desperate to make to go after one of those quarterbacks, what you do is you trade down and you get picked and you surround that talent and is the goal. Mm-hmm. That is how you build a team. Listen, the Jamal Adams trade, now that I look back into it to this day, I think it's a phenomenal trade by us. Because let me tell you something, Jamal Adams is having a garbage-ass season in Seattle. Let me tell you, I watched highlights of that game. He, J- Josh Allen threw towards Jamal Adams. The Bills receivers towards Jamal Adams in that game. He had a fight with T. Carroll on the sideline. You know something? Guess what? Seattle, you're going to extend this guy? Make sure you pay all that money for him. Thank you for those two future first-round picks, wherever where we fall. Thank you, and, and good night, Seattle. Wow, Steve. Listen, let me tell you, I'm, I'm shocked, Steve, because, you know, you're one, you were one of the, the most – you know, Jamal Adams, you know, one of his biggest stands. You know, you really were. I'm I used to be a big really... fan of him. But now, honestly, like the way how he's been playing this year, this year, he's having one of the worst seasons in his career right now. He isn't the same Jamal Adams that used to play for us this year. He's, he, I mean, yeah, he could still get pressure on the quarterback, but his, but his coverage has been horrible this year. Wow. Wow. All right. Well, you know, hey. Steve speaking his mind again, you know. Steve is a he's a guy that likes to talk that talk and walk that walk. I I respect you, Steve, and I respect your takes, you know. But going back to what you were talking about about you know Jets fans, you know, you don't have a lot of people coming after you. <laughs> I'm just gonna let you know because a lot of people came after me. But yeah, you know, I, I I agree with you there. You look at this situation. You look. I get that a lot of people, you know, want that pick. They want you know whatever they believe is going to come with that, but I'm not going to sit back and, and, and cheer for the Patriots. That's just not my thing. I'm not doing that. I cannot do that. Not, not, I'm not going to cheer for us to really lose ever, but I'm damn sure I'm not going to cheer for us to lose to the Patriots or anyone in the AFC East at all. But, you know, I respect everybody, and I don't, you know, want to try to beat on anybody for doing that. If that's how you feel you want to do, then feel free and do your thing. But, you know, I won't do it. I won't do it. But I respect you, Steve. But, I want to talk to you about the future and the state of this football team at this point, uh, because, you know, we're, we're just coming off a loss to the Patriots, but as you spoke about it as well, we're going into this bye week now. And I want to know what player has disappointed you the most so far offensively? Is there a player that you really felt would do some things in the off season that coming into the season has not impressed you at all? Because the answer to that question is one simple play. Chris, mm-hmm. Oh, Chris Herndon. And, yeah. and here is the thing. Herndon, Herndon, this year, every time he gets into the ball, I never even threw, attempted to throw a pass to get to him. I mean, it's just Herndon, I don't know what his future is going to be with this team after the season. I mean, listen, it just depends on Joe Douglas. I mean, and listen, before we talk about the next player, you know, Here's the thing about for the future, too. I do trust Joe Douglas still. I do have what the record is for the Jets after the season. 
if we go 0 and 15, or 1 and 15, 2 and 15, or even 3 and 13, we win at least one or two or three games. It doesn't matter. The first thing you need to do in this offseason is get listen. But unfortunately, the biggest worry, too, that I have, though, with the future of this team. Yeah, you're breaking up yeah. a little bit, Steve. Yeah, you might you might want to move around. You're breaking oh. up a little bit. But I yeah, hear what yeah. you're saying. Can you hear me? Listen. Yeah, I can hear you now. Go ahead. Yeah, so the thing is, like, with Christopher Johnson is, is this. It's just he is the thing that I am really worried about with this team because he is one, unfortunately, that does have the final decision with the team. And I know at times he, he has defended Adam Gaze so many times. Times. And I know, unfortunately, Joe Douglas has offended him, too. I mean, listen, when he had his press conference, of course, the New York media was asking him those questions about Adam Gates. I mean, listen, he can't expose Adam Gates on live on live um, on a live press conference. He can't do that. Mm-hmm. But but, you know, something. But that, that is going to be the biggest fear. And the first thing that needs to happen is once this season is done is is we got to get rid of Gates. He that is the first number one priority it's just and the thing is, it scares me if we don't if we don't get rid of him yeah well you know i i think he's as good as gone i would hope that uh you know joe douglas has gotten it together and you know made sure that you know he has a list of guys that he's ready to you know move on from gaze for for because uh gaze has no business being the coach uh here next season at yeah. all if no, he has not shown you that do. this year Oh man, it's it's going to be a big time issue, especially going forward with this football team. If he's still the head coach here, not only because of his dealings with this roster and how he's shown you that he is an inept uh, head coach and offensive play caller, but I think it's also going to be a deterrent to bringing in uh, talent on this football team as well. Because if you're a free agent, especially the Jets, you know, as by themselves have had issues trying to bring in free agents. But if you're talking about adding Adam Gaze to the mix, people are going to be like, there's no way in the world I want to be coached by that guy. I don't want him around. Yeah, you're, you're, you're breaking up quite a bit, Steve. But listen, I, I hear what you're saying, man. It was great to have you on. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Um, it was great to talk to Steve there. He's breaking up a little bit. The kind of phone just went out, so uh, we had to let him go. But listen, Steve was bringing the fire, and he had a lot of great points, a lot of things that he talked about. Um, you know, the fact that, hey, he looked at a situation where, to him, Chris Herndon was a guy that he looked at and said, hey, I was excited about him in the offseason. I thought that he was going to come in and do some things, but he did nothing. You know, he's come in. He's been extremely disappointing. He has not provided the type of, you know, impact that we all thought that he would have. And to me, he's the most dis- disappointing offensive player uh, that we have, you know, coming into the, to this year, coming out on the roster. And I'd have to agree with him. Uh, when I look at this situation, to me, I truly believe that Chris Herndon, for all the things that people were talking about in the offseason, I'm talking about, I heard people tell me that he was the next Travis Kelsey, that he was going to come in, and he was really going to upgrade the offense, especially due to the fact that we were so beat up early at wide receiver. There was, we had so many issues. We had so many things going on. And it was like, oh, my goodness. Like, you know, hopefully we can get somebody in here that is going to be able to give Sam, you know, at the time, a, you know, reliable pass catcher, you know, and, and Chris Herndon just was not a guy that was able to step up and do any of that. Um, you know, he's really failed a lot of drop footballs, a lot of 
fumbles as well that's costed us. It's just been horrific. But I, another guy that I think for me that has been disappointing is Connor McGovern. Um, Connor McGovern was a guy that I thought when we signed him, I said, okay, you know, he can, he can be a solid guy, but he's really had issues up front. Um, our offensive line has had issues as a whole, but a lot of issues have come from him too. Um, and him being brought in and just not being able to seal things up and get the job done has really hurt us. Uh, for me, defensively, I think the most disappointing player defensively for me has been Pierre Desir. Um, I've been extremely disappointed with his his effort, his output. Um, he's getting pretty much roasted every single game. He's getting cooked every single game. We're seeing him give up yards to opposing wide receivers. He's just getting beat so much. It's ridiculous. He's so much of a liability defensively. Uh, it's 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 ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. Everything else we pretty much knew though. Like we knew that we would have issues with our pass rushing because we don't actually have a pass rusher. We knew that there were going to be some games where we would come in against some better teams and they would be able to do some things. But the way that he has looked defensively, it's like, yes, we got rid of Tremaine Johnson because he was terrible, but it's just like Pierre Desir looked pretty bad as well too. He looked really, really bad. Um, but I tell you what, on the flip side of that, we've also seen some some upside. And so for me, when I look at this this team and I look at some of the building blocks that I feel that we can move forward with, because I think it's extremely important to kind of identify those as well, um, you know, as we continue to go forward in the season. When I look at us offensively and I look at the building blocks, I say to myself, I think that Mims so far, you know, and again, he's only played, you know, a couple games. But so far, he's looking like a guy that it could definitely be a building block going forward for us. Now, do I think that he can be, uh, you know, a standout, just number one? Is he Allen Robinson? I'm not saying that. <laughs> Before, Because y'all, bro, let me tell you something. Some of y'all, <laughs> some of y'all love to get in my mentions as soon as possible. <laughs> okay? Some of y'all love to get in my mentions as soon as possible. Okay. <laughs> Y'all love it. Oh, you said this. You said, listen, okay. Mims has looked really, really good, and especially with the issues that we've had at wide receivers so far, okay. Um, I've been impressed. I've been thoroughly impressed, especially for a kid that we got in the, you know, uh, almost late mid round, uh, late second round. Excuse me. I've been very impressed with what he's done this year so far. Um, really looking to see how we continue to go forward with him. If he just ends up being a really consistent, solid number two, I'll be excited about that because, we, you know, we don't even have that. <laughs> um, another player that I think that we can move forward with offensively as well that I've been excited about, and, you know, I'll, you know, I'll let everybody get their takes out, but Makai Becton, I'm surprised that a lot of people have not, well, you know, haven't talked about him being a, being a block so far, you know, uh, going forward, Makai Becton, I've been extremely impressed by this year. Now, yes, you know, he's had some injuries. He's dealt with that shoulder. He did uh, leave the Patriots game as well. They said he had a breathing issue. Initially, it was uh, reported as a, a chest injury, but it seems like he has a breathing issue, and he's talked about, you know, he's fine. But, man, let me tell you something. Makai Becton is something else. I love that kid. I love him. I do. Um, I think he's physical. He's extremely physical. He's a guy that he's throwing guys around. And I'm not talking about bums. I'm not talking about just nobodies. No, he's throwing around very good players. Look, Frank Clark, when we played the Niners, he 
chucked him around like crazy. You know what I'm saying? And it was there were some plays that we've made. Every, damn near every game that he's played this season, you know, we've talked about the offensive line has been horrific. The offensive line has issues. Makai Beckton's good, but the rest of his offensive line is terrible, you know? So he's never really mentioned as a guy that, you know, is, is part of the problem. He's really part of the solution. And I think going forward specifically with him, I'm excited about him. So I do think that we have some building blocks going forward with Mims and Makai Beckton. Another guy that I think could be a building block for us going forward as well, if we give him the ball more, is Piran. I really like that kid. I think that he's got some moves, some scoot to him. He's got some, you know, some young legs, and he can be, and he can move around. Uh, we've also seen him catch the ball at the backfield a little bit. Um, he's been able to make some plays. I just think that Adam Gaze, this system, you know, or Daryl Loggins or whoever that hell's calling the plays from time to time now, because you know Daryl Loggins is supposed to be the play caller, but we've also heard that Adam Gaze still has input from time to time. He's, you know, still being able to call a play here and there. Um, he called the play. He called one play that uh, Joe Flacco threw the interception on. So it's like, whoa, get this guy out of here. But, you know, if Piran is utilized more efficiently, more effectively within a scheme, I think we can really see him shine uh, offensively. So I think we do have some building blocks offensively, some guys that we could lean on there. But we've got to do – we've got to get the right head coach in here going forward, you know, and talking about next year. Um, and we've just got to continue to, at least this year, we've got to continue to just see these guys get the football in their hands, see them get out there and play, particularly, you know, with Makai Becton because he's been, you know, dinged up a little bit here and there. But the more that we see him out there, I think the more, you know, we'll really come to the realization that, hey, this kid is definitely could be, you know, a franchise left tackle for us. I think he has that ability, and we're seeing it. Uh, but Mims I'm excited about as well. And as I said, P. Ryan, when you look at us defensively, though, um, I look at the building blocks there, and I'm saying there's there's a couple. Um, Ashton Davis, I think, is a guy that we can move forward with, although I do need to see, you know, more consistency out of him. Again, we're coming off of a, a situation where we saw in that Chiefs game, he was just – he didn't look very good. There was a lot of plays that he missed. He got spun around by Tyreek Hill. I mean, that is Tyreek Hill after all, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but he still he got spun around. Um, you know, he was missing tackles. He just wasn't in his right lanes. He missed a lot of just plays that he places where he should have been. He was not, he just looked kind of lost out there. Um, but he's coming into this game and he looks very good out there against the Patriots. He was flying around. Uh, we talked about that play already where they caught that flag, which was horrific. I didn't think that that was a flag at all. Um, but you know, he's, he's going out there and doing his thing. I think the Quentin Williams could be part of the building blocks here. Although again, I don't think that he's like a pass rusher or anything like that, but I do think that he could be a guy that really can be a really good stout run stuffer for us, a guy that can cause some havoc on the defensive line. He just got to, you know, get healthy and continue to, you know, do his thing out there. Fadu Kasi is another guy that I really like as well. Here's a guy that a lot of people were not talking about coming into this season. They kind of kind of forgot about him, uh, kind of moved on from him. But, hey, guess what? He showed up and he showed out. He's a guy that has stepped up. And he's been playing extremely well there on the defensive uh, line. He's been able to put some things together, um, you know. So uh, it, it's looking really solid there. Outside of that, you know, I look at our secondary and I say, Marcus May is a guy I think we can move forward with too. He's played well, um, particularly in coverage, but that's something that I always talked about um, Marcus May, you know, being good at. You know, there was other, another safety that used to be here as well <laughs> that people used to say was good in coverage, but – uh you know, Marcus May definitely has looked really good this year in coverage. You know, I don't know what happened with that other safety, but, you know, going forward, 
you know, really excited about Marcus Mann to see some things. But there's some players as well that really need to step up uh, going forward, too. Some, some guys defensively that have disappointed me. Um, Pierre Desir, horrific. I know people don't talk about this guy either, Henry Anderson. What the hell happened to him? I don't need to see more out of him, too. He was a guy that everybody talked about coming into this season that was like, hey, he's the guy that's going to get some pressure. He's going to push the pocket. And I don't think he's done enough. There's been a lot of games where he's been completely invisible. We have not seen him do much of anything. And I want to see more out of him. Um, You know, there's some other guys as well. Uh, A lot of people bang on Jenkins. I could see that because he hasn't made, you know, as many plays as we all thought that he would. Uh, But, you know, Jenkins might be a guy that could be on that list. But for me, Bradley McDougal, oh, my goodness. He's definitely got to be a guy that's on that list. You want to talk about a guy that came in here that we all said, okay, we traded Jamal Adams, we got some capital back, and we got a safety back that we think is really going to be able, you know, maybe not to be on the level of Jamal. You know, he's not going to be an all-pro safety, but he's going to be a guy that's going to come in here, hold the floor, be solid, and be a very good player for us. You know, we saw him have some success there in Seattle, which is a stellar football team. He'll come here and kind of, you know, do the same thing for us, and he's done nothing. I mean, he's done nothing but get cooked. He's looked really bad on various weeks where we just see him get broken down by different players and get beat like he stole something. So it's insane, man. It's insane. So we've got to continue to uh, improve. Uh, There's some players that have thoroughly impressed me, and there's some players that I'm just not not impressed at all. Um, And for me as well going forward, I think one of the bigger things uh, that needs to be improved about this football team is the coaching. Um, listen, I understand, you know, Adam Gaze, Daryl Loggins, we talk about them on a weekly basis because they are so much of a, uh, of a hindrance or an issue on this football team. Um, they're, they're guys that from week to week we look at and we just go, man, are you going to step up this week? Are you going to put together a solid game plan? Are you going to be a guy that, you know, we have to be concerned about when you're matching up with these other great coaches and these great minds? Can we trust? Uh, that you'll put something together that'll make us look competitive out there. And for me, you know, on, there's been weeks where we've looked okay, in, you know, for a half, and then the rest of the game we look like we have no clue what we're doing. And there's been weeks we've come out and we didn't look like we knew what we were doing from the jump. We looked like we just, you know, just showed up. We maybe practiced once and we came out here to get blown out. So I need to see this coaching continue to be solid or get better and be actually become solid you know, uh, for the rest of this season. You know, I need to – if Daryl Loggins is the guy calling the plays and he's the guy that's truly in charge, then, again, we need to see him continue to move forward and, and finish games, you know. You have to have – you know, you can't just call a half of a football game and be good. You also just can't call, um, you know, three quarters of a football game and be good. You have to be ready because I think a lot of the, the loss to the Patriots is also on – you know, that, that final drive in that fourth quarter, you know, late in the fourth quarter is where you really make your money, you know, as a head coach, especially when we talk about situational football. When you understand that you're going up against a Patriots football team, and we've seen this, you know, outside of just this year with other teams as well in the past that we faced, uh, you know, last year during the season where we just couldn't get it done when it mattered the most. We couldn't come up in critical points of the game and, uh, you know, make it happen. And I think that this coaching staff has to figure out how to take advantage of those moments, how to grab those moments and get the best out of those moments and come out the victor. Um, and, and for me, again, going back to this Patriots game, you watch this game and that drive right before, you know, we punted to the Patriots for their, you know, their final score and, and ultimately the game winner. 
you look at the play calling there, it was horrific. You have to come out and be better than that. You have to. So, uh, you know, for me going forward, Daryl Loggins and uh, Adam Gaze, they've really got to step it up and put it together. And, you know, Greg Williams at times this season, I think has also kind of been up and down as well. There were games where we were just getting crushed, that Niners game, the Colts game, stuff like that, uh, where the defense did not look so good. Uh, you know, the Patriots game, it was all right. Uh, we were kind of getting beat here and there. You know, I know he can't sit Pierre Desir down or he doesn't want to for some reason. Uh, but, you know, there's some things that definitely have to step up and be improved on this football team going forward, especially if, you know, we want to continue to to look competitive and go out there and fight and, and get a win. And, again, I understand that some people really want us to go 0 and 0-16 uh, and, and lose every single game this season. I don't, I don't want to see that. I want to see us at least get one win. I want to see us fight, and I want to see us go out there and look competitive. So, I'm excited about the, you know, the team going forward. But, again, we're going into a bye. And I want to see us, you know, come out of this bye with some fire and some fight and really do whatever we can to get a W. So, listen, um, I, again, I want to thank everyone that called in tonight. It was phenomenal. Um, great to speak to everyone. So I'm going to close the show out here. It's been great to, to have a, a good time with everybody on the line. Listen, I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search Long Beach Joe on Facebook, like that page, my content's up there, go ahead and give it a listen, message me, I'll message you right back, I love going back and forth with folks about this football team, also leave me some feedback, I love hearing about what you folks think I do here on the Long Beach Joe Show, I'm also on Twitter as well, at youngj000, that's three zeros, go ahead and follow me, I'll follow you right back, you want to troll me, no issues, I'm the troll that lives under the bridge, I will have my Darnold jersey on, I don't exactly know when he's going to come back, some people are saying he's coming back after the bye, We'll see. You know what I'm saying? I want to make sure that whenever he does come back, that he is fully healthy. That's all I'm worried about. You know what I'm saying? I need to make sure that the, make sure that, that shoulder's good and we're good. You know what I'm saying? But I will have that Darnold jersey on, and I will troll you right back. And I'll, you can also uh, go to my show's Twitter page as well, at the Long Beach Joe. Uh, you know, subscribe there. We can go back and forth about everything. You want to troll me on that page, I'll troll you right back on there too. No issues whatsoever. Um, I'm also on YouTube as well, at Long Beach Joe Jets. Long Beach Joe Jets, all right? That's all the content's all up there. You know, uh, all my live streams, everything's up there. So please subscribe to that channel if you're on there. Also, you want to troll me in the comments of that, no issues. I will troll you right back, okay? I have no issues trolling you in those comments as well. We can go back and forth. And as always, people, when you see me in person, okay, it is arms out, chest open, free hugs for everyone, okay? Free hugs for everyone. They will cost you absolutely nothing, no matter what anyone tells you. I will never charge for the hugs ever, okay? They will always remain free. So I want to thank you folks for watching. I want to thank you folks for listening. You folks have a good one. Peace.